two or three or five. Welcome to Church at Briargate. My name is Liz, and my husband and I are the youth pastors here. And we are so glad that you're here this morning. If this is your first Sunday or you've been here for a long time, we want to say welcome. Um, we're excited that you're here, and we encourage you to be a part of what God is doing here at Church at Briargate because God is doing some big things, and I can promise you that he wants to do some big things in your life too. We are going to go ahead and take up our offering here in just a second. Um, in the back of your chair is something called the Connect Card. If you pull that out, uh, maybe it's your first time here or maybe your address has changed, your email address. We encourage you to fill that out and drop it off in the offering when it comes by. And then on the other side of that is something called the Simple Sign-Up. So that's where you can sign up for any events that are coming up. Or if you do have a prayer request or a praise report, we encourage you to fill that out as well. And our staff prays over those every week. Let's go ahead and bow your heads with me. God, I just thank you for all that you're doing this morning. Father, I pray that you would just continue to move in our hearts. God, that our hearts would be open um, to what Josh has to say this morning, Father, and that we would be so willing to act upon what you're telling us, God. God, I pray that you would just move in our lives in such a big way. Um, God, and that you would just bless this offering. God, use it in ways that we can't even imagine, Father. We thank you for all you're doing and all you're going to continue to do. Amen. Go ahead and check out this video. Hi, I'm Emily, and welcome to Church at Briargate. We are excited that you're spending your Sunday morning with us. If this is your first time here, please fill out a Connect card found in the back of the seats and drop it in the offering plate, or put it in the basket outside of the church office. Here are some events coming up. Men's Grillers is this Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Pastor Scott and Linda's home. Dinner is free and hot food is served at 6 p.m. The Journey is a study led by Pastor Scott and Linda where they discuss the foundational beliefs of Church of Brightergate. The Journey is a requirement for membership here. The next session is this Sunday, May 26th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Pastor Scott and Linda's home. Dinner is provided. Sign up in the simple sign up. On Thursday, May 30th at 11 a.m., our grounds will be open to the public to view the Air Force Academy Thunderbird flyover. We serve free hamburgers and hot dogs to everyone who comes, and in the past, we have had over 300 people. We need volunteers to help grill and serve the food, and we also need volunteers to manage the parking lot for everyone who will be here. Sign up with the simple sign up. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions about Church of Briargate, please email office at cabag.org. Also, check out our website, churchofbriargate.org, for more information and stay connected with us on social media. Have a great week. Every day, we make decisions. <laughs> Those decisions may seem small, but they impact our lives and place in our community. 
Decisions to act or not act set the course of our lives. <laughs> and those decisions intersect with the lives of those around us. How we spend our days may seem small or insignificant in the moment. But those days add up to something significant in the long run. This year at the Walk for Life, Take a step, so we can take a step. At Life Network, we serve women and men in our community facing unplanned, unexpected pregnancies with counseling and long-term mentoring, pregnancy tests, and ultrasounds. We also supply material resources like baby clothes, diapers, cribs, and car seats. And our greatest joy is having the opportunity to introduce our clients to a loving relationship with Jesus. You have the opportunity to partner with us in the work we're doing to serve families in Colorado Springs. Please join us for the Walk for Life on June 1st at Memorial Park for a family-friendly walk to raise funds for the work we do at Life Network. Come take a step with us to support women, men, families, and students in our community. Good morning, Church of Briargate. I have the uh, awesome privilege of being able to uh, speak to you guys this morning. Um, Pastor Scott is in Texas celebrating Eloise's first birthday, so that's exciting for him. Um, I don't know how many grandparents we have in the room, uh, but I'm sure that you guys know what he's able to feel right now, getting to see her, and, and that's a really exciting thing. Um, I mean, I don't know for myself, but I, I would have guessed, you know. Anyways, <laughs> so today, um, I, I, like I said, I'm so glad I get to be able to speak every once in a while uh, when Scott's out of town, Pastor Scott is out of town, uh, I get to preach for you guys, and it's always a blessing. Uh, I will throw out a disclaimer that I've been writing 20-minute sermons for youth, and uh, Pastor Scott talks way longer than that. We're going to go for more of a quality versus quantity thing today. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yes. All right. Have a great week. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, I will say that, that uh, every time I'm up here, I like to give a little update. Liz and I uh, are having a blast doing youth ministry um, here at Church of Briargate. We're so thankful for the church family that we have here uh, with you guys. And, and Pastor Scott is such a great guy to work for, and it really has been a blessing. And we feel just as much as when we first got here that this is where we're supposed to be. And uh, we're seeing amazing things happen. Uh, among the teenagers, they're all like looking at their phones and talking to each other. Uh, so, hey, um, but but really, uh, we've seen growth uh, spiritually, and and um, we've seen a lot of growth um, physically as well. We, we're we're growing in numbers. We're um, seeing God do amazing things, and one of the coolest things for me is being able to see um, students walking into the plan that God has for their life. Uh, and we're definitely seeing that. People are they're stepping out and, and having faith and believing uh, that God will do big things, and they're praying for each other and, and having words from the Holy Spirit to each other and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it really is an awesome thing. So um, just wanted to give that update and 
you know, I don't get to say that kind of stuff a lot. So um, I'm proud of these kids. Uh, they do a great job. So um, I want to talk about being a follower of Jesus today, okay? Uh, I want to talk about being a true follower of Jesus. What does that look like to be a follower of Jesus? Truly following Jesus. I'm not just saying like, you know, sometimes, sometimes I get frustrated, you know, when people say they're Christians because that can mean a lot of different things, right? They could say, oh, I'm a Christian. It means that they go to church on Christmas and Easter, you know? Or it means that maybe they know who Jesus is and they kind of agree with him or whatever, but um, maybe they're not really a follower of Jesus, right? Because this world kind of taking some things and, and changing it into things that it's not supposed to be and, and, and all that kind of stuff, and it's just kind of, you know, we, don't, we can't really trust, like, certain things. And, and I really think at the bottom line, like, we're called to be followers of Jesus. We're called to look at his life, the things that he did, the people he chose to talk to, the way he chose to present himself, the way he acted and all that kind of stuff, and, and we're, we're supposed to follow that, right? There's this um, book by a guy named Kyle Eidelman. Uh, it, it's called Not a Fan, uh, and in this book, he talks about the difference between being a follower of Jesus and being a fan of Jesus, right? Like, hey, Jesus, I'm your big fan, you know, like that kind of thing versus like, Jesus, where you go, I'm going to go, right? What you choose to do, I'm going to do that. Where you want me to go, that's where I'm going to go, right? Instead of like, you know, some people can be a very big fan of Jesus. Like, they know who he is. They liked him. They go to church. They agree with all the stuff. They're like, yeah, miracles and all that. That's all really cool. Like, like in, 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 a, in a video on, on the website for the book, Not a Fan, uh, Kyle gives his testimony, and he talks about how he grew up in church, and his, his father was a preacher, and, and he was kind of expected to be a, a certain way and act a certain way. And he said, I was a huge fan of Jesus. He even gave the illustration that in his room, he had a poster of uh, Michael Jordan, and right next to it, he had a poster of Jesus, and he's like, I wanted to be like Mike, and I also wanted to be like Jesus. He's like, I was a fan of Jesus, you know? Uh, I, 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 I went to church, and, and I wore the Christian t-shirts and, and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh, I, I never really realized that there was more than just being a fan of Jesus, and, and so he shares a little bit of his testimony, and if you're interested, uh, again, the book is called Not a Fan, and there's actually a website that has testimonies of, of different people, uh, video testimonies, and they talk about what their life was like before and what their life was like after when they chose to truly be a follower of Jesus rather than just a fan of Jesus. And that's what I want to encourage you guys to do today is um, let's make that decision together to, to be true followers of Jesus and, and not just a fan of Jesus. You see, because Jesus, when he came to this earth, he was not looking for a group of people that were going to be his cheerleaders, right? He wasn't looking for a bunch of fans, you know? It wasn't like he was going around doing the popular things so that people can be like, yeah, go Jesus, right? You know, uh, because if he was doing that, he probably wouldn't have ended up on the cross, right? Which was his ultimate goal. But, but Jesus was not looking for fans. He was looking for people that would follow him, right? You may not think that that's that big of a deal, you know, following Jesus versus just, you know, believing in him, right? You, maybe you're like, uh, you know, I'm a Christian, that's enough. You know, I, I believe in Jesus, and that's enough. Maybe you think it's not that big of a deal to be a follower of him, um, because after all, you know, isn't the only thing that we truly need to get into heaven a relationship with Jesus, to accept him into our heart? Like, there's no works behind that. I don't have to do anything, right? And the Bible's very clear about that. And, and what an amazing gospel message. What an amazing story. You can be uh, completely full of sin in your life. You could have made every mistake possible, and God's grace is still big enough, and his love is still big enough to forgive you and make you righteous in the eyes of God, right? And so, so we could think of that, like, as long as I'm saved, I'm good. As long as I'm going to heaven, I'm good, right? 
You know, but there's more than just being a fan. You know, can you get to heaven without being an all-out follower of Jesus? I think as long as you're accepted, accepting Jesus in your heart and you believe in him, I would say yes, but that's not all that goes into a relationship with Jesus. You know, following Jesus means more than just liking who he is and agreeing with what he said. There's more than that in our lives, in our relationship with Jesus. And I, I truly think, like, like I'm going to go through a, a few different things uh, explaining, um, you know, some, some stuff that we're going to have to face and, and, and how, you know, what we do with our life, what we choose to do with our life here on this earth actually does matter and it actually does have eternal effect, whether that's good, whether that's bad, right? The things that we choose to do with the life that we are given, building off of the foundation of our relationship in Jesus Christ, there is an, an, an internal effect to that, right? There's more than just, I believe in Jesus, right? It's, I'm a follower of Jesus. And that leads into a lot of different things, right? Because, believe it or not, Christians are actually going to be judged according to the things that they do with their life. It's not just judgment between those who believe in Jesus and those who don't. Right? The Bible talks about this, that, that one day we're actually going to be before Christ and our life is going to be laid out in front of him and all that's going to be left in the end are the things that we did for him. All that's going to be left in the end are the things that have eternal value to them. Right? See, our, our actions, our choices, the things we choose to do, the things we choose to stand up for, the things we, we choose not to stand up for, the way that we choose to live our life, the, the example that we make for other Christians around the world, we actually are going to have to lay that before Jesus, and it's going to be examined. And we're going to see some scriptures about that a little bit later, but we have to understand that, that being a fan of Jesus isn't enough. Just liking who he is, just being a, a fan of the things that he does, just saying, man, that's a cool guy, you know, it, that's, not, that's not what it's about, right? And I can relate a little bit because, you know, I grew up in church, and I never... I never really had the, the, the lifestyle of, you know, I didn't have Jesus in my life and I went down all these paths. Like, I don't really have that kind of a testimony. My testimony is I have parents who loved me and who knew it was valuable to put me in church and who knew it was valuable to have a relationship with Jesus, right? But in that, like growing up, like I can see how it's very easy to just be like, oh yeah, Jesus, you know, I'm a fan of Jesus. I like who Jesus is. You know, I'll wear Christian t-shirts. I'll do all that kind of stuff. But at some point in my life, I had to make the decision to be a follower of Jesus. I had to make the decision to make my faith my own, right? I couldn't just live life off of my parents' faith and be like, oh, yeah, Jesus, my parents have a relationship with him, you know? And, and I would say that, you know, if you have kids, especially to the teenagers, like, there's a point in your life where you have to make that decision. Like, I believe in Jesus for me. Whether anybody else in my life chooses to believe in Jesus or not, I'm going to follow Jesus, right? We have to make that faith our own, and that comes with being a follower of Jesus, right? Um, in Romans chapter 14, verse 11 and 12, it says this, For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each one of us will give a personal account to God. Each one of us are going to give a personal account to God because there's going to come a day that whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you're just a fan, whether you're a follower, whether you are running the complete opposite way or you're trying to destroy God altogether, there's going to come a point where every knee is going to bow down and confess that Jesus is Lord, right? And at that moment, you know, um, our lives are going to be looked at. We are going to have to give a personal account to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, 
for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil that we have done in this earthly body. I mean, I look back at my life and even some, you know, up, up to this point now, what are the things that I deserve to receive from God? What are the things that I deserve to, like, my initial response is nothing. I feel like I don't deserve anything from God because he's already given so much. But that's not the nature of God. God wants to give blessings. God wants to give gifts, right? And so with the life that I have lived, what do I deserve to receive from God? And what stuff in my life have I just completely wasted away? Like, I feel like I waste so much time, you know, especially when you think about eternal type stuff and you're like looking back and you're like, man, I could have done this or I could have done this and uh, I shouldn't have made that decision. You know, that didn't end well, you know, whatever, whatever you look back at. And, and uh, it's good to kind of look back and see those things. But, but really the more important thing is today, what do you choose to do in the future? You know, at this point today, how are you going to choose to live your life moving forward? What is it going to be? Are you really going to be a follower of Jesus? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 says this, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid a foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Right? Our, everything that we do with our life is based off of the foundation of a relationship with Jesus Christ because that is the only thing that is purely true and purely right. right? And this is written to the Corinthians. And the Corinthians at this time, he even earlier in the passage says, I have to feed you milk and I can't feed you whole foods because you are immature Christians. right? And, and so they were very new in their Christianity when he's talking to them. And he's saying, Whatever you choose to do with your life, it is built off of the foundation of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And it says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal the kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. You see, the work that we build up with the life that we are given, it's going to be put to fire. It's going to be, be questioned. It's going to be tested. It's going to be made pure. And only the things that we choose to do for Christ, only the things that have eternal value, only the things that we do in, in our pursuit in following Jesus are going to be left. We have to understand that. And, and, and it literally says that some people are going to make it into heaven as though just escaping through a wall of flames. I mean, like, think of it like this. Like, you wake up in the middle of the night and you realize that your house is on fire, all of your stuff is burning down, at that point, the most important thing to you is your salvation, right? You're not going to stay in there and, like, try to pull your Xbox out of the flames when, you know, that's, maybe you will, I don't know. But <laughs> the most important thing should be your own life at that moment. And, I mean, imagine that. Imagine waking up and seeing these flames and, and, and coming out the window or the door, and you're standing there in your yard in your pajamas just looking at your house burning down, right? And, and that's how this is describing some people making it into heaven, right? Like, like there is, there is, there's actual, you know, 
judgment and there's actual rewards and God is going to bless you for the life that you live here on this earth if it's worthy of being blessed. You know, and, and praise God that, that having faith in Jesus is going to get us into heaven, but do we want to be standing there as just escaping the flames of hell? And this is kind of the point that I'm making with this. Like, are we just going to be fans of Jesus or are we going to be followers of Jesus? There's a big difference there. Following Jesus is making a decision to look at the life he lived and to be the best recreation of him that he created you to be so that when he no longer walks with us here on earth, people still know who Jesus is because you are following him. Does that make sense? So basically, Jesus is off of this earth, right? He came and did amazing things. He showed love to people who needed love the most, right? He wasn't worried about the people who were popular in the religious culture. He wasn't worried about that. He went to the people who desperately needed a relationship with him, and he showed them the kind of love that nobody else could show them, right? And, and following Jesus means to us being the best recreation of Jesus that we can be so that people, now that Jesus is no longer here on this earth, can still know who Christ is. Because God uses people to reach other people, right? It's not, it's not time for Jesus to come back to this earth and walk around and, and, and try to convince people, right? Like he already did that part, and now he's choosing to use us. After saving us, after redeeming us, he's choosing to use us to go out and do miracles, to, using us to go out and, and speak words of knowledge. He's using us to go out and, and share this gospel message. But we have to follow in the footsteps of what he did. I mean, we can see, it's, it's, it's quite apparent, like, whether or not you are a follower of Jesus. I mean, like, okay, this, this is, like, super profound, so you might want to write this down, but if you're not following Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus, right? I know, it's crazy. Mind's blown right now. If you're not following Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus, right? And, and the reason I say that is because it's pretty simple to see if somebody's following Jesus. It's pretty simple to see. I mean, like, if you just spend a little bit of time in God's word and you learn the heart of Christ, you learn the heart of God, you learn the type of things that Jesus would do, you learn the places that he went, the people that he talked to, and the message that he brought, when you put that up against your life and the things that you're doing, you know whether or not you're a follower of Jesus, right? And maybe if you can't see it, ask somebody else to tell you because other people can see it. Other people will be able to see if you're a follower of Jesus, right? I mean, like, we have, to make this, we have to make this decision to be a follower of Jesus. And, and here's the thing, like, it requires sacrifice. If you truly want to be a follower of Jesus, the only way that you can go the places he went is to be like him. You know, and, and without that, there's no following Jesus. You see, I get frustrated sometimes when I see some people who say that they're Christians or say that they believe in Jesus, but their lifestyle does not show that at all, right? And I think the biggest thing that I take from that is I want to be motivated to be more like Jesus, right? Because it's not my place to go up to them and condemn them to hell or anything like that, right? Although Paul does say that it's our responsibility that if somebody else is claiming to be a Christian, but they're teaching false doctrine, right? We need to address that, right? It's not like we're going up to a bunch of sinners and saying, hey, why are you acting like a sinner? Like, because they're a sinner, right? We, <laughs> we shouldn't expect sinners to act anything other than unsaved, right? Because we were all there at one point. 
we can't, we can't expect everybody to be perfect and everything like that. And it's not our place to, to, to judge whether or not somebody's going to heaven. But we can live the best life that we can in order to follow Jesus and show them who Christ is. Right? I, I think there are some times I look, I'm part of a few groups on Facebook and, and a few um, you know, conversations that I've seen have been kind of troubling. And, and you see people who are, you know, it's like Christian Facebook groups. Everybody is a follower of Jesus, and, and some of them are actually like minister groups and stuff like that. And uh, you see people arguing for things that you're like, why are you arguing for that right now? They're like fighting so hard because they feel they have the right to do something. But it's not necessarily something that's beneficial as a follower of Jesus. See, we're trying so hard to, to assimilate with the world right now, and it's very dangerous. We're trying so hard to be the world with the excuse of, I want to reach the world. But Jesus wasn't the world, and he still reached the world, right? And I see these things, and I'm like, when are we just going to stand up and say no? When are you just going to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to watch that show because I don't agree with what's in it, right? I'm not going to allow my children to watch this or play these games or do these things because it's not right, Right? And, and, and if we're not careful, slowly and slowly, we're going to find ourselves in a place where we're believing truth. We're, we're, be, sorry, we're believing lies to be truth. You see, it actually says in the Bible that there's going to come a time where Christians will believe lies to be truth, and they're going to seek out whatever their itching ears desire to hear. Right? So we're finding people that say, if I can follow Jesus... And go, if I can go to church and still drink, if I can go to church and still, you know, go out and club, and, and if I can go to church and I can, you know, people are going to say that I can be a, a full 100% follower of Jesus and, and not deal with my, my sexual sins and, and all that kind of stuff, like, that's becoming popular to the world. I can be a fan of Jesus and I can still do all this, this, and that. And slowly and slowly, some churches are assimilating towards that, and we have to be really careful because that's not truth. And people are going to look for whatever their itching ears desire to hear. They're going to stop going to this church because this church is preaching it the way they want to hear instead of really focusing on biblical truth. And that's where we have to make that sacrifice in our lives and say, I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm not just going to sit back and, and pretend like, like everything's okay. You know, I'm actually going to live a Christian life. I'm actually going to do the best that I can to be a follower of Jesus to my family, to my neighbors, to the people at my work, right? I'm not just going to be complacent about it. I mean, we live in a, in a country where it's so easy just to be like, oh yeah, I'll go to church every once in a while and I'll make sure, you know, I pray before meals and, 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 and everything like that because being a Christian could be pretty casual in America. I mean, like, I don't know how many of you have ever been to uh, churches in, in like third world countries or, or yeah, there's a lot of different places in the world where there's persecution a lot more than there is here in America. Like, like the persecution in other countries laugh at the persecution in America. <laughs> you know, when I was in India, we went to this guy's church and uh, we, we heard him preach and we shared our testimonies and, and things like that. And, and, and our missionary shared with us that, that this is the third time that this church has been built because it had burned down twice before and the last time that they burned the church down, they locked the pastor inside and lit it on fire. And the pastor survived. Uh, I mean, luckily a neighbor came and he was able to, to kind of open, get the door open and get the pastor out before he was, you know, consumed by the flames and everything like that. But, but his attitude was, we're just going to keep rebuilding it because this is, this is what people need Jesus. 
Our, our goal is for people to know Jesus, and, and, and that's why we rebuild and all this kind of, and, and I look at that, and I'm like, amaz- like, that's amazing. We don't face anything like that in America. You know, we don't have people coming and threatening to burn down the church and, and everything like that. We, we are so blessed because we get to freely worship God. We get to freely believe and serve. Like, it doesn't feel like it all the time, right? We get to freely believe and, and worship, in this God, worship this God that is so real and so tangible, right? And we don't have to face that type of persecution, right? You might get, like, it's not popular. You know, you might get in arguments with some people that, that think that they know better or think that they know different or whatever, but, but the thing is, like, we really don't face that kind of persecution. And I think that that makes it very easy for us to be complacent in America. I think that that's the reason. I, I think, not that I want this, I, I don't want this at all, but I think that if per, there was more persecution against Christians, it would be a lot easier to be a true follower of Jesus because there's no walk in the line. You know, like if you're signing up for this, like you must be real. You must be all in with it, right? You must be completely going after it. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 through 20 says, if you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. Man, this goes back to that passage I was talking about, about people wanting to hear whatever their itching ears desire. Right? There are some things in this world that are just foolishness right? But slowly and slowly, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll think that they're wise, right? And, and I read this, and I'm like, man, that kind of freaks me out a little bit. It kind of scares me a little bit, because is there something that I think is wisdom that actually isn't? You know, I, I, I want to check myself and make sure that I'm not thinking this, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm thinking this in the way of the world, and, and it's not right. But, but really, if you know Scripture, and you let God, like, change the way that you think, if you let God give you a new perspective on this world, because you're following him with all of your heart, you're going to be able to see truth. Truth is going to come out. Truth is going to be there. You're going to be able to see it and know the difference if you're truly following Jesus. I mean, there's some, there's some silly stuff out there that people are believing, right? Like, one of the things is feelings have become facts, right? Feelings are new facts, right? It doesn't matter what is actually factual. Whatever you feel is what you're allowed to believe. Whatever you feel is what you're entitled to. You know, I mean, like you see some of these things where you're like, well, if this person feels that, then let them be that. You know, if that's really what they feel, I mean, like, what if I feel like I'm a four foot tall woman? It doesn't change. That's not true. You know, like, but if I feel that, then, then that's what we're going to call you. That's what we're going to label you as. That's where we're going to change all the rules so that you can we can make it so that you can feel that it's okay for you to feel that. Right? How foolish, how foolish is this world? It's ridiculous. And that's the kind of thing that if we're not careful, if we're just a fan of Jesus, you're like, well, I can feel this and think this and still like Jesus. I can feel this and, and be who I want to be and still still believe who Jesus is and kind of know who he is and, and, and stand there and cheer him on. But we have to be careful because there's so much foolishness in this world that, that we're going to get caught up into if we're not truly following Jesus. If it depends on our own wisdom, the wisdom of this world, it would be foolishness to go to the places that Jesus went and to the places that he's calling us to go. This is why in Romans chapter 12 it says, don't copy the behaviors or customs of this world, another version says don't conform, 
to the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Right? Even if there is sacrifice in being a follower of Jesus, God's will for you is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. And the cost of following Jesus is nothing compared to the benefit of living the life that he created for you. We have to not conform to this world and let God create us into a new person by changing the way that we think. There are so many things that, that we can use in examples of that. Like, I, I can guarantee you, like, I've seen it happen in my life so many times. If I've gone like a week or two without spending any time like alone with God, just praying, you know, and, and reading the word and stuff like that, man, I get angry easier. I see things in a way that it's not healthy. I get frustrated with my wife and it's not fair to her. You know, like if I don't actively follow Jesus, I, I, it changes the way that I think, right? But it works the other way. When you are completely in the word, when you're saying, I want to follow Jesus Christ. Now, I don't just want to be a fan of him. I want to go where he went I want to walk where he walked. It changes the way that you think so that you can truly see truth. You can see the lies for what they are. And you understand the love that everyone needs because that love is inside of you. And you become burdened and called to go out and share that love with people around you who truly need it. Following Jesus takes sacrifice. I mean, it's a lot easier to be a fan of Jesus. You know, if you could just stand back and be like, yeah, go Jesus. Woo, touchdown. I don't know if Jesus played football, but maybe soccer. I don't know. It's easy to be a fan of Jesus, but to follow Jesus, it takes sacrifice. I mean, let's just look at the apostles. This is what following Jesus looked like for the apostles, right? Matthew suffered martyrdom by being slain with a sword. Mark expired at Alexandria after being crucially dragged through the streets of the city. Luke was hung upon an olive tree in Greece. John was put in a cauldron of boiling oil, but escaped death in a miraculous manner and was afterwards banished to Patmos. Like, I always think that's one of the coolest stories. It's like, we tried to kill you in this torturous way, and we can't kill you, so we're just going to leave you alone on this island. Like, we don't know what to do with you. <laughs> you know, we can't kill him. Let's just put him over here. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny, but... Maybe that's weird. Peter was crucified at Rome with his head downward because he didn't feel like it was worthy to be crucified in the same way as Jesus, so he's crucified upside down. Uh, James the Greater was beheaded at Jerusalem. Uh, James the Less, I don't know why, like, I, I, I want to know why they have greater and less. Uh, there's probably a reason. I don't know. It just seems silly to me. Uh, James was thrown from a lofty pinnacle of the temple and then beaten to death. Bartholomew was filleted alive. Andrew was bound to a cross where he preached to his persecutors until he died. Thomas was uh, run through the body with a lance. Jude was shot to death with arrows. Uh, Matthias was first stoned and then beheaded. Uh, Barnabas uh, was stoned to death. Paul, after various tortures and persecutions, was uh, at length beheaded uh, in, while he's in Rome by Emperor Nero. And that's what following Jesus meant for the apostles. I mean, is this what following Jesus looks like in your life? I don't want that. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying that that's what we should all be signing up for. You're like, all right, I'm a Christian. Where's my cross? You know, like, that's, that's a little weird, you know? I mean, I, I feel like we should have the attitude. We should be prepared, like, if that's where it ends. Like, obviously, for the apostles, the life that they served for Jesus was so amazing, you know, and, and to end in such a way is, is so tragic and so terrible. But they did what God called them to do. 
They did what God created for them to do, and it took sacrifice in the end. I mean, what does following Jesus look like in your life? I mean, I would hope that nobody's facing death because of it. And I don't think that that's what God wants for us. I don't think God's saying like, okay, I need you to believe in me and then I need you to die for me. Like, he doesn't necessarily explain it that way. And I I truly think that after, you know, Jesus' sacrifice and after that time period and everything of that new Christianity, I think it's a little bit different. And um, my point in explaining all of this, because it seems kind of contrary to my argument to say, hey, follow Jesus and you're probably going to die for him. Like, that doesn't help me convince you, you know. My point in saying this is that when we go to follow Jesus, we cannot expect to follow him in glory and not in suffering. We can't expect to follow Jesus to heaven and not take the cross with us. Because Jesus went into places of glory, he went into places of miracles, he went into places of amazing ministry, but he also went into places of extreme sacrifice, ultimate sacrifice. I think for, this, for us, this looks a little bit different than it did for the apostles. Jesus does not ask us to be crucified for him, but he says this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will be saved. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns to his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. Now, it says in the beginning of this, if you want to follow Jesus, you have to give up your own way and take up your cross daily. Give up your own desires. Give up your own decisions, your own ambitions, your own life, and take up your cross daily. And, and, and this truly means like dying to yourself. There's, there's a, a, a very big you know, analogy of death here. And, and the thing is, like here, now when we look at the cross, you know, we think about... Uh, you know, the, the blood that was shed for us to be forgiven and righteousness. There's actually some hope in, in the image of the cross for us now. You know, like the idea of being able to lay down your sins at the cross because that's where they were forgiven. You know, the, all that kind of stuff. But, but in this time when this was written, all the cross meant was this is like the, one of the torturous ways that you could die, right? And so, so when we look at this, like this cross re- resembles death. But Jesus is saying that we have to give up our own way and take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. And what this truly means is dying to us, dying to self and living in Christ, right? Dying to what I want, dying to our own plans, dying to our own agendas, dying to our own finances, our own idea of of, of that, even dying to our own families, dying to this world and its morals, dying to all this foolishness that is thought to be wisdom. It's not enough to be a fan of Jesus. God made us for so much more than that. It's not enough to be a fan of Jesus. Until you truly give all that you are to Jesus Christ, you'll never experience the real life that he wants you to have. Because just because you have to sacrifice your desires 
in your life, just because you have to daily decide, today I'm going to follow Jesus, right? It's more than just like, oh yeah, I, I decided that Jesus was cool back then. I became a fan of Jesus back then. But it's a daily decision to take up your cross. It's a daily decision to say, Lord, I am dying to my own desires. I'm dying to my own wisdom. And I pray that you would come into my life, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can be a follower of you and go the places that you are leading me to go so that I can see miracles happen, so that I can see your message brought to the people that need it most. God, let me be a follower of you and, and, and take everything that is me, God. I die to myself so that I can live to you, right? Because there's amazing things that happen when we choose to be a follower of Jesus, right? I think God is always trying to do miracles, always trying to use us to, to speak words to people, always trying to use us for divine appointments with other people. And I think all it takes is us being filled with the Holy Spirit, but but that daily choice of saying, God, I'm going to follow you and, and tuning an ear to hear throughout the day, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Where are you going that, that, that you want me to follow? Right? Because I think that God's trying to do stuff all around us all the time. But if we're not listening for it, how are we supposed to follow Christ there? If we don't have the right attitude about it, how are we supposed to follow Jesus into the place that he's asking us to go? You know, if, if we don't give up our own plans for the day, our own thoughts for the day, if we don't choose to live for him, you know, how are we supposed to see those miracles happen? You know, I was talking about the youth group at the beginning um, of the sermon, and I'm going to use them as an example because they're the best example I have because I spend so much time with them. <laughs> um, but, man, I have seen God work so much in the lives of these teenagers. I've seen students receive messages from, from the Holy Spirit for other students I've seen students pray for other students for physical pain and that physical pain go away. I've seen students pray for other students for, for things like anxiety and depression, and I've seen real miraculous things happen. I've seen amazing stuff, and it all starts with the decision to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Right? Like, who cares about whether or not you think it's biblically okay to drink or not? Whether or not you think it's biblically okay to to uh, live in this sexual perversion that you're living in? Who cares whether or not like, you can argue some sort of fact or whatever? Like, Why don't you just choose to follow Jesus because that's where it's really at? I mean, like, who cares about what the arguments are? Why don't we just choose to follow Jesus so that we can see people get healed, so that we can see people um, just come to know him, so that we can see people overflowed uh, with the love of Jesus and change their life in a way that they, I mean, like, man, do you guys remember when you got saved? You guys remember those times when the Holy Spirit just came into the room and you could never walk away from that place the same because there's no way that you can experience God and be different and, and be the same. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's not, hey, give up all this stuff so that you can live a boring life. Because we think that's what it is sometimes. That's not what it is. Follow Jesus and walk in those moments filled with the Holy Spirit. Walk in those moments so that you can never walk away the same again. And through that change that has happened in your life, you can go and share that with people who truly need it, who truly are broken. People that are lost in darkness or in this world, they're sinning and they don't even know why they are, right? They're looking for a Savior and God is using you to go to that person and show them out of the experiences that you had because you chose to be a follower of Jesus. 
who cares about being a fan? I want to follow Jesus. You guys can go ahead and stand up. We're going to get ready to close here. And like I said before, giving up your dreams does not mean that you will not have dreams because God has dreams for you. Giving up your plans does not mean you don't have plans because God has a plan for you. Giving up your desires does not mean that you won't have any desires because God has desires for you that are going to fulfill you in ways that you couldn't think of yourself. Daily laying down your life does not mean that you will not have a life because God has a life that he wants you to live. And it is good. In John 10, 10, it says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose, God's purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That comes from following Jesus. In Jeremiah 29, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. It starts with following Jesus. Isaiah 40, 29-31 says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint. Romans 8 says, And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Even the powers of hell cannot separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 1.33, But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or harm. Do you guys need that? I need that. Man, to be bound up by anxiety and worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, that's no longer. Choose to follow Jesus. Choose to live wholeheartedly, 100% all in for him. You know, like when you go skydiving, you can't jump out of the plane and then change your mind. Be a follower of Jesus. Because he has so much to offer. The sacrifice that it takes, that I believe is required. And being a follower of Jesus fails in comparison to the promises that God has in your life. I'm going to pray for you guys. And I want to take just a couple minutes of reflection. I want to give you guys an opportunity. If you need to sit down, if you need to you know, pray for somebody else. If you need to pray with your family, whatever that looks like for you in this time, I, I, I want to give you an opportunity because I feel like the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to some of us right now. And so I'm going to pray and then, and then we're going to wait a little bit and you guys can 
have that time to kind of reflect, and then I'll come close this out in prayer again. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for the sacrifice that you made to make it possible for me to follow you, to make it possible for me to take up my own cross and follow you into the place that you have for me. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, change our hearts, God, that when we walk out of here, Lord, this would not be a one-time thing. God, let us leave change forever. God, 100% going after you. Speak to us in these moments in your name. think that one of the greatest things about having a relationship with Jesus and following him is I don't think there's any place that we can go that Christ hasn't been. I think maybe some of you in here, you know, maybe you have gone through suffering, maybe you have gone through sacrifice and, and hurts, but I know that Jesus has gone through it. And I know that he's right there with you. I mean, like when your heart is broken, his heart is broken. And when you just need to weep, he's there to weep with you. I mean, if you're experiencing shame, because imagine the shame that Jesus felt up on that cross. You're experiencing pain, he knows how you feel. You feel like you've been left behind when all the glory of God turns away in the moment of Jesus' death, do you think he felt left behind? He loves you so much. Following him is not a burden. He's right there with you. You're not alone. Lord, we thank you so much for having such a relationship with us. God, that we don't deserve. Let our lives be forever changed by your love and the sacrifice that you made. And I pray that every day we'd be able to have the strength to stand up, die to ourselves, and live for you. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you guys this morning. I love you all. If you want to stay in here and and spend some time with God. You can, but you are officially dismissed. We will see you next week.